How we doing traders? Welcome to Stock Market Movers where we get you all the headlines and of course get you the informational edge from our expert opinions today. Of course we got our guest, we got Josh Saylor, partner and co-founder from Blue Zone Advisors. We're going to get into the topics. We got bear market rally going on right now. I gave two signs to look out for on pre-market prep. We'll talk about them today and definitely these are signs that you guys can be watching. I also have an easy way for retail to follow along on the action so stick around guys we got we'll talk about the bonds and the bank of england treasury yields apple iphone we got amazon releasing some products right now we'll talk about biogen why the biotechs are up ford green hydrogen ipos and SPACs attacked by jim kramer all right, stay tuned for that. We'll talk about the dirty dozen that he gave out yesterday. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you guys today. And welcome to Stock Market Movers. I'm your host, Money Mitch. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers all the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I want to breathe more than any man alive. All right, traders, it looks like we got ourselves a little bit of a bear market rally. And let's go ahead, let's take a look at the overall market before we get into some topics today. And you guys can see, overall, having a really strong day today. Let's go to the 15-minute. You're right now towards the 370. This is where it's going to get interesting, right? Because there's like kind of an hourly zone that we were rejecting to get above multiple times. There was 370.40s. There was over here, it was 370.21s. And to the left of that is 370.62. This is what we're going to look to see if we can close above, if we can get above that. That would be a monster of a rally there. So those are the kind of the levels where we can see some resistance coming into play. Of course, this is on one of my favorite charts, which is the hourly chart. And keep your eyes on that resistance that you can clearly see in the last couple of days. We'll see if we can get through that resistance. It's been a strong one today. But overall, is this kind of unexpected? No. I mean, I've talked about it all uh, plenty of times now. Um, if you guys just follow along with some RSI, this is not going to give us the exact day that you're going to get the bounce, but you're going to get timing. Timing is mo so important, right, in trading, right? If you could tell me in the next three days that we're going to get a rally, well, that's something that I want to pay attention to. And maybe sometimes it's going to be a little bit further than three days. But one thing that we can do is use the RSI to let us know when we are oversold. If you guys saw this morning, on, of course, pre-market prep, we have Cameron Dawson that was talking about specifically, what was she looking at? She was looking at the RSI on the daily being oversold, and then also the RSI on the weekly making its way kind of in the middle. And we're looking to see if that ever is going to get down towards being oversold. Because if that got oversold, then definitely we would be at that point where I would expect a massive bounce. We'll see what happens. But like always... You guys can use RSI to give you a simple measurement of oversold. Now, one thing that I will say is that what I'm looking at, in, and this is what I always try to pay attention to, is more extreme moments. I'm not necessarily concerned about when RSI is in the middle because that gives us no edge. But when it's in extreme towards the upside, higher than, let's say, 85 on the upside, that's going to be overbought. And in my eyes, when we get past kind of the 23 level, really they look at it often as kind of the 30 or the 25 level. But I'm looking a little bit further extreme on the oversold. I look towards 23. And you take a look here on the daily, we got down towards 2543. And this morning we were down there below the 23. And now we quickly scooped it back up. So this is something to just keep on watch. We'll see what happens in the overall market. All right. Now, what are some of those ways that you guys can be following along? Right. And what do we need to keep an eye out for? Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Right. So two signs 
that you guys can watch for bear market rally are going to be a turnaround on the two-year yield. So pay attention to the bonds, right? I'll give you guys the easiest way to do this, right? The easiest way. And you guys can take a look at the actual two-year uh, two treasury yield. Or you guys can do it as simply as going towards the TLT, right? Everyone usually has this chart to take a look at and look for kind of a big boom on out, a reversal, right? Well, there you guys see it today, getting that nice reversal from the bonds and the bonds we're gonna go ahead and show us because right now bonds and equity markets are strongly correlated. They're actually going in the same direction. This is not you know, always the case, but in right now, as you're seeing those bond yields go down, you're seeing those equities get a little bit of a lift. And just take a look here. Uh, th this is an easy way to take a look at it. And if this is getting that little bit of a spike, look for the market. Another way that we're going to look to see if we have bear market rallies are to see a turnaround in the dollar, right? DXY. I mean, you guys can take a look at DXY. Or I found a different way that you guys can watch it or maybe even trade it, which is looking at the bearish ETF that you guys can look at, which is UDN. I've never traded this one, so I don't know how liquid it is going to be. I can see that at least on the daily, you're at least getting 304,000. That's not the most amount of volume, so just keep that in mind. But it looks like the spread's pretty tight. 1703 right now by 1702. Only a penny, so uh, penny spread right there. So it doesn't look too bad. If you're looking for a way to bet bearish against the dollar, so you're looking for the dollar to come down, right, and take a bet, well, this could be one of those ways you can do it. And another way that you can watch to see if the dollar is going down, right? If this is coming up, well, then the dollar is going down. And, of course, there's other ways that you guys can follow the dollar. Um, there's... Uh, if you really wanted to, you guys can just kind of use the bullish versions. I, I don't have DXY on this charting, but I normally just take a look at DXY also, the futures. You guys can just search it into a Google and get a chart. But those are some easy ways to look at it. But look for those two signs. That's exactly what we got today. If you took a look at the, at the dollar index, that was coming down. The two-year bonds coming down. Thus, now we're getting that kind of bear market rally. Now, can it continue? Look for those signs to continue. That can be a good sign to follow along and see if we can continue getting this bear market rally. All right, time to catch up with the chat. What are you guys taking a look at? I see Roland, Easy, Beach Bump in the house, Sydney, EX, Crypto, I am Wessing, Richard. It's good to see you guys all in the chat. I hope you guys are staying safe. Those are the guys that are in Florida. I know I just got an update from my hurricane reporter, Carl. He's in uh, in Cocoa out there and uh, battling the weathers. But he's saying it's getting tough out there. But, hey, I hope that everybody stays safe, stay inside. I did see some surfers on out there. I'm like, come on, guys. This is exactly what we're talking about. Stay safe out there in the hurricane. All right, let's get into one of the major topics of the day, right? It's all on the Bank of England pulling that panic button, right? So the uh, the Bank of England is, of course, catching here because the plunging British pound, and this is definitely going to affect their economy. Of course, you know, a lot of oil in the market is bought by dollars. A lot of the products are bought by dollars. When your currency is just tanking, that's going to be really horrible. Now, the kind of the, the last measure, the last resort is kind of propping your currency up. That's exactly what the Bank of England is doing here by temporarily purchasing long-dated UK government bonds in an effort to stabilize the plunging British pound. We'll see if this is actually able to do that because it's kind of a last resort effort on the Bank of England to go ahead and try to save the plunging British pound right now. Of course, we'll keep watching because this is affecting kind of treasury yields here. Uh, the 10-year Treasury yield had breached 4% for the first time since 2010. And then, of course, kind of turned back around. But this is something to keep on watch as we keep seeing these yields go on up. All right, let's go towards the next level. Let's take a look at the question that a lot of investors are starting to ask themselves, which is, have investors really priced in earnings slowdown? Or maybe they've really priced in the impact of Fed interest rate hikes. Well, we've definitely come down you know, pretty far from when we got that CPI report. Of course, 
Uh, there was a time when we were back above the 400. We've made about 11% move down from there and now catching a little bit of a bounce, closer towards 10%. We'll see what happens. Like always, we don't know what's priced in. I think that a lot of it has come from what? Pre-announcements, right? And so we got to continue to watch how the upcoming earnings season affects stocks. Of course, if we continue to see earnings just getting destroyed really quickly, well, watch out because the earnings season could get ugly. And of course, one mention that I've heard from multiple analysts, right, is how guidance has been slowly but surely taken off the table, right? They're just not giving it to us. Well, how long will investors be okay with not getting an update on future guidance? It's going to be definitely something to look at on the earnings reports coming on up. All right, let's get towards the headlines that are out there. Let's go towards Apple now. Apple having news today, so let's take a look. All right, so Apple is it's bouncing back at least on the intraday. You can see it kind of making up some of the losses. And what happened with Apple today? Well, it looks like there's still a battle on out there if this is official or not. Of course, this is coming from Bloomberg that's reporting it. It's saying that Apple is backing off plans to increase production of its new iPhones this year after an anticipated surge in demand failed to materialize. The company told suppliers to curtail efforts to increase assemblies of its flagship iPhone 14 product by as many as 6 million units in the second half of this year. Apple aimed to produce 90 million headsets for the period, nearly the same number as a year ago, and in line with Apple's original forecast this summer. Now, of course, we need to keep watch to see what happens. Will they actually guide down? That's what we're going to be looking to see. Will Apple actually answer? That's another question, right? They could just stay quiet until their earnings. But I have a feeling that we'll get some answer from Apple soon. We'll just have to wait and see and see if it affects the stock in a positive or bearish manner. Of course, the news was negative. Not what, the, not what you want to be hearing if you're Apple. And of course, one of the things that we've been seeing is Apple's been one of the strongest stocks holding us up. We can't let our leadership, you know, really start taking us down. So we got to be careful here with Apple. If it starts heading back towards 130, it's going to be a real question about how far down will the market go. All right, catching up with the chat out there. What's going on? Bonds are worth something. Hey, uh, TLT, TMF is long dated years, which is finally catching up to the bid. Yeah, definitely catching up. Uh, crude oil is definitely up today. That's that's definitely up towards the 81, catching a little bit of a bounce today. We'll get into that and what was hot and what was not. Now, I do want to get into the next headline, which is the Biogen headline that's out there. Let's go ahead and let's talk about what's going on in Biogen. And you guys can see it kind of gave up a lot of those early spikes. But what did you see in kind of biotech today? A lot moving up, right? So let's talk about what happened here. Biogen and SA announced late Tuesday that positive results from late-stage study of Alzheimer's treatment candidate, the Global Phase Three confirmation study, known as Clarity AD, of Lycanmab, met the primary endpoint and all key secondary endpoints with highly statistical significant results. What did this affect? Well, it wasn't only Biogen, right? It was different companies like Lily, right? Lily being affected by this. Also, you got Sava that was making big moves. Look how Sava kind of gave up that recent run that it did really quickly. It spiked up there towards the 50 and then came really fast right back down towards the 43. So, of course, we need to keep on watching this because there's a lot of companies that are developing a treatment or detection for Alzheimer's disease. So, we'll keep on watching how this really truly affects it. But it looks like Biogen just might be the winner here. So keep on watch to see if this can continue lifting Biogen. But I mean, 38% spike on that news. Not a bad little spike there in Biogen. All right, let's keep going towards the headlines out there. I'm not the biggest biotech uh, kind of guy, so I'm just going to quickly run through that news. I know it's affecting a lot more than just those biotechs. Let's take a look how the drug manufacturers are doing today. Some of the bigger ones, right? So you got J&J &J up significant. 
Lily, we just talked about that. That was 7.78%. You also got some other stocks on up. GSK, look how that's come up from the open. AZN, Acerenica, getting a nice little lift there. You got BMY, Bristol Myers, J&J, all of them into the green. And all these kind of healthcare stocks into the green. Keep that on watch because that's definitely going to go ahead and affect a lot of stocks, right? And so even some of the kind of, look at this PRTA really taking off. There's just a lot of these companies getting big lifts all on that Biogen headline. All right, let's get out of the Biogen headline. Let's go into the next topic that I wanted to talk about, which was Amazon's fall hardware event. Uh, this just literally hit the wire right before the show kind of started here. So uh, let's take a look how Amazon is actually trading on that news. And they had their event, right? It's uh, fall hardware where they go ahead and announce some of their new products. Well, the Kindle Scribe is a new Kindle that you can actually write on. That's going to be a new product, the Halo Rise Sleep Tracker. So there's some health products that they're going into and continuing to expand on. There's four new Echo devices, so keep that one on watch. Ring Spotlight Cam Pro, keep that on your radar, right? I mean, uh, I know that they've gone further and further into kind of the services and even security services with, of course, their Ring. Um, we'll see what happens there, and it doesn't look like it's a bad thing. It's a Spotlight Cam. I'll take a look at what exactly this has and get back to you guys a little bit more on at the close. Uh, there's also a new Fire TV voice remote with customizable buttons and a new Fire TV Omni Q LED series. So a higher quality Fire TV finally coming out. Um, some people have been asking for this because they like the setup that Fire TV has, but of course they're not in the really high-end TVs, right? So a QLED is a good move there from Amazon trying to step up into at least a higher quality of a standard of TV and going for an, an Omni QLED series LED TV on fire. It's gonna be interesting to look at. I gotta check out the quality of that uh, QLED because I'm looking for a new TV. Just might have to wait a little bit until inflation comes down. All right, we'll see if Amazon actually gets that lift. I'm going to keep going through some other headlines. Let's go to Ford now. We'll go ahead and talk about the F-Series. Let's go and see how the stock is doing today. You can see in the pre-market, it was going on up, came back down with the market, and quickly scooping up. Now let's talk about what they revealed. So they revealed its F-Series Super Duty truck. So a lot of this is a lineup for vehicles ranging from large pickups to commercial trucks and the chassis cabs. A major part of Ford's plan to grow what? Their commercial business. And the update would give Ford the ability to introduce new software, data uh, telematics, and fleet management tools. So of course... Just like you're seeing in the new EVs and you're seeing in the new vehicles, what are you seeing? A lot of technology brought into the vehicle. So a lot of commercial businesses are now looking at their, you know, at their vehicles, trying to get new fleets. But of course, about with these new fleets, you want them to be advanced in, uh, in abilities to kind of maybe have open, soft, uh, open source software where you can do some updates, right? New software. Or maybe it's kind of uh, data telematics, an ability to have better data, right? Well, this is all going to go ahead and help fleets manage, of course, uh, their vehicles. And I think that Ford is making an interesting move here and focusing on the commercial side of the business. Because at the end of the day, it's probably going to be less cars in the future. I think that, you know, that, that that's an idea that, Definitely, you want to go ahead and recapture that commercial business because it also brings that reoccurring revenue, right? They need some good revenue to keep coming on in, especially with their new expansion into EV. All right, let's go towards the next headline, which kind of adds towards maybe not forward, but different areas in auto, right? Let's take a look at Credit Suisse taking a shot here, saying it's time to enter the green hydrogen sector. So a stock that I would look at the green hydrogen sector would be Plug. 
Is this the only one that you can look at? No, there's plenty of these that you can look at. You can look at FSIL, right? If you wanted to take a look at FSIL, there's nothing wrong with looking at that for that type of play. Plug would be the one that I would be watching just because they're trying to, they have been trying to do this for a very long time, focusing on hydrogen, right? So green hydrogen is a growth market. We've increased our 2030 market estimates by over 4X. The bank said forecasting the green hydrogen production would expand by 40 times by 2030. So I think this is something that we have to all keep in mind. Is it something that's going to take off today? Maybe not. I mean, maybe it's just kind of sideways from here on out and it could come down, right? But we don't want to miss out on the opportunity to join some of these green hydrogen companies. As you can see, the 2030 uh, market estimates definitely understand the value here if you're actually able to get this going. And then once you get that hydrogen going, it's going to be about adjusting the infrastructure for it, right? Because right now, we're not setting up for green hydrogen production. We're setting up for what? We're setting up for more of the EV charging stations, right? And so this is something to keep on watch. What will really truly get adopted? And for any reason, if green hydrogen really starts pushing off, how long will it take to adjust the infrastructure for that? All right, let's go towards what was hot and what was not. If you guys have anything to talk about or maybe a certain stock caught your radar today, go ahead and throw it up in the chat. I'm always here to go ahead and get into what you guys see is moving. That's why they call it stock market movers because we're trying to catch all the movers out there and make sure that you know why it took off or maybe crashed today, like always. All right, let's get into the auto industry needs to become more sustainable. Hemp plastic. Yes, at the end of the day, uh, sustainable is the only way to go. And any anything with kind of using hemp over plastic, I mean, that's just definitely going to be a big move. All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look. I see Microvision, ASTS. I got you guys. We'll definitely take a look at those stocks coming up. All right, let's go into the what was hot and what was not. This is when we're going to take a look at what sectors and industries did really well today. And it's not going to be a hard one, right? There's not many times that I can go into my sectors. They're all in the green from the open. And I look at the industries. They're all in the green, right? And then I look to the left. I mean, I got a lot of stocks to choose from, right? So what does this show me? Well, this shows me two things, right? I always talk about this. We always want to catch... The market, when we get a little bit of a trend, because when we're in a trend, we have a tendency to not even have to worry so much about being so selective on stocks because the majority of them are getting a little bit of an uplift, right? Those high correlated stocks, market comes up, they're going to come up also. So this is what we're always trying to find. Where is the money rotating? Where is the lift taking off? So on days like this, you can catch some of that lift and get a little bit more expansion because you're using the leverage effect. You're looking for the stocks that are moving the most, trying to catch where the money's running. All right, so today, where's the money going to? Well, at first, it went to kind of beaten down energy names, right? If you see here, now we're leading in energy. Well, these names were beaten down. So let's take a look at some of these. All right, some high cap names. Let's, let's take a look at like XOM. Now getting a lift, going into that 88 range. Now trying to fill in the gap zone above it. Talked about this on live trading. Would we get the ExxonMobil gap fill? Well, the sure is making its way now. 88 is a resistance. Let's see if it can get above this and get towards the 89. And then 90 will be the close of that. You got a 90.52 where it can get towards. Oxy also getting some lift today. So keep these ones on your radar. EOG is another one. Of course, these are starting to get some lift now, and we got to keep on watch to see what happens with these oil stocks. Will they continue to push? Something to keep on watch. All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look at what other stocks are up big. Basic materials. If you guys don't remember, one of the biggest areas that I was looking at was coal yesterday. Why was I looking at coal? Because I was looking at BTU setting on up, and it was a really nice trade today. It was a over 11% trade on up there towards the 2460s. As just yesterday, we were back by 22. 
Today, we did a nice little move on this, and it wasn't just BTU. You can take a look at all the coal names up into the green. And AMR, another one that I mentioned. Keep your eyes on these two. These are usually my favorites to watch. I mentioned three. I said BTU, CEIX, and AMR. Those were three that we were looking at, and now you're seeing coal get a little bit of a push. Is this something that we want to see? No, because at the end of the day, we got to be a little bit careful about inflation, right? We don't want inflation to come back up. But why is coal getting a little bit of a spike? Well, there's a lot of mentions that there's going to be more burning of coal to provide the electricity needed to make up for the natural gas loss. So this could be why natural gas hasn't really taken off, but you're starting to see coal get a little bit of a push back up. Of course, those are tickers that I really like to trade, especially when BTU likes the trend. You can catch a nice 7 8% move in that type of stock, and it's not an expensive stock. It's definitely one that I like. Also, AMR and CEIX, not a bad day either, 4.86%. All right, continuing in basic materials, what was another one that had a good day? Well, it was silver. Why did silver go up? Let's hear the chat. What do you guys think silver goes up? Well, go ahead and throw up what you guys think in the chat. I'll take a look at one of these silver stocks, and then we'll talk about they moved. Well, let's take a look at PAAS. And so now you're starting to see some bottoming on this chart. You can really see that you tried to hold around the 1450. You cut through it today, but then you recovered like crazy here. Pre-market, you were down there towards 1390s. Now towards the open, you didn't even come close to getting down there. You went straight up on that, so just keep on watch as you're seeing these silver names take a little bit of a leap up. AG getting some leap, MAG getting some leap, FSM, and these don't trade too bad. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, at least the spread isn't too wide there. Uh, I can, can't see the spread. That spread's like about four cents or two cents there for MAG, PAAS. It's going to be about one cent wide, so that's what you want to be looking if you're looking for trades, not too too wide of a spread, right? So another thing is, why is silver going up? I didn't see you guys mention it in the chat, so I'll go ahead and drop it in here. Well, it really is all about the dollar. We got it from Giles Coughlin. Shout out to Giles. You know, one of the things that we always want to be looking at is when the dollar turns around right now, it seems like silver is getting more of that spike up and then even gold, right? Those are usually the two that kind of get a little bit of a spike but it's seeming like the correlation is actually higher right now in what's going on. Well, it wouldn't be correlated. It would be discorrelated, right? Uncorrelated right now is silver and gold, right? So when the dollar goes down, those are actually going up. And those are easy kind of more day trades than I would think swing trades or investments. But it's something to keep on watch. Let's take a look at this. So you can see it there in silver. Look at it in gold also. GOLD today, getting some nice little push on up. A lot of this is going to be when we have the dollar down. So that's what I've been looking at. If I want to take a little bit of a trade based on the dollar, I could also look at gold. I could look at silver. And that's something to keep on watch, especially when you're seeing, uh, of course, the dollar come down and these kind of uh, basic materials get a little boost on that dollar coming down. Uh, crypto says, I'm a silver bug. Hey. Not a bad trade there. Uh, dollar is down plus industrials used for solar is up. Yeah, well, there you have it. Uh, Lily has a new drug in the pipeline. Their insulin contribution only is worth the stock. Well, you, you never know, really. With these biotechs, it's interesting. They have a lot in the pipeline. And if things can go right, the biotechs can definitely continue getting some lift. All right, let's keep going into what was hot today. You got consumer cyclical up a decent amount. You got gambling continuing to make a little bit of a lift here. DraftKings trying to make a little bit of a push. Not really stocks that I would be watching now because the hype of the NFL and the gambling slowly starts going away as what? Well, the opening you know, comes. Some people take some parlays. They take some shots. Eventually, they see like, well, not, not winning too many of these shots. So maybe I should slow down the money use. And I think that you're going to start seeing some kind of lower numbers maybe show up for Thursday night football and things like that. But hey, DraftKings at least had that spike. Let's see what happens if it can come back down. If it ever gets back down to like, let's say 13s or 10s again, 
that's going to be something that I would think about making an investment. But it's been battling. It tried to get to 20. Now it's already back to 15. Now trying to hold it. Let's see if it could take another step up. But of course, this will depend on the market reaction. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to healthcare. Healthcare, you guys already saw. Biotech's up. Drug manufacturers up big. Keep those on your watch. Industrials are starting to even get a little bit of a leap on up. Trucking, we're getting a little bit of a push up today. You got airlines getting a little bit of a lift. Rental leasing getting a little bit of a lift. It seemed like it was just an all-out rally today. Even the stocks that weren't up the most were just stocks that were don't go up as fast, right? Like utilities, lower volatility in these names, right? So they're not going to move as fast with the market, but they are still into the green today and not looking bad. Finally getting a little bit of bounce back in like Duke, Dominion Energy, NEE. So finally starting to see a little bit of a bounce back in those utilities. Now, one area that I've been watching is kind of the XLU, right? It's kind of been in this kind of channel that we kind of been stuck in for XLU. I was wondering if we were going to finally get these utilities to get a little bit of a bounce. And today seems like we're starting to get that bounce. So these are going to be plays that I'll be watching, especially the next day or two to see if we can hold here and maybe just play the range. Like I've been playing in some of these, uh, I know I played XLE pretty well, so we'll look for see if that can come back up through the 70 in about a day or two and kind of hold sideways here. Of course, Duke is another favorite, has come down significantly in the last kind of uh, 16 days. You can see like a little bit over two weeks. Let's see if it starts coming back and gets back above that 100 for Duke Energy. All right, in just a few moments, we're going to be getting into our interview. Like always, guys, hit the like button. Let's keep going here. We got Josh Saylor, partner and co-founder of Blue Zone Wealth Advisors, coming up next at 145. All right, let's do the last little area that I was going to take a look at with kind of discount stores getting a little bit of a bounce back. We've been waiting to see what happens with these, like Walmart, right, like Target. Target getting almost a 5% bounce back today. So let's see what happens. Target has been sideways for a long while here. And of course, they've been battling with their inventory struggles. Now it's going to be interesting to hear what, the, what they give us in their next earnings report. Walmart, not looking too bad. Costco bouncing back after uh, kind of last week's earnings that kind of came down. They filled in their gap there from their earnings doesn't look too bad now. Costco trying to rebound and get back above 500. One of the strongest ones in those wholesale kind of uh, stocks was BJ, and it held at least. You know, it pulled back fast, went closer towards the 50 moving average, and then bounced right back up here. So still hanging up at the high of the range. So we'll see what happens in BJ because this has not been a bad stock to own in 21, 22. And looking like it's going to just try to keep going right now as BJ has been taking off lately. Uh, one that I'll be interested to see if it can hold the support is Dollar Tree. It does have a, a big support underneath it around the 135. We'll see if it ever wants to come back and try to fill in some of that shadow above and get back towards the 150 area going towards the 162 would be something I'll watch. DG has also been hanging out around the top end there. Bouncing multiple times around the 234. So let's see if it can come back through the 250s. And that's Dollar General. All right, let's keep going. We'll take a quick look at, you know, beverages still doing well. We were talking about that yesterday. They were getting a little bit of a bounce back. Day two move for them. So not a bad move there. Grocery stores catching a little bit of a bounce. And it, just overall, I mean, we can go through every, each and every one of these and you can see that we had a strong day. Even NVIDIA up about 1.7, Meta up about 4.7. So definitely a little bit of a reversal. And it just shows that kind of things were in that oversold territory and caught a little bit of a bounce. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into our interview in a second. We're going to play a Benzinga Pro trailer, and then we'll be getting into our interview today. Introducing portfolio synchronization with your brokerage. Now you can securely connect your brokerage account to Benzinga Pro, opening a world of personalization. Screen lightning fast news just for the stocks you own. Set alerts for news catalysts that affect only the companies you care about. It's all possible with a simple click and a secure protective connection. 
overcome uncertainty and connect your portfolio to Benzinga Pro today. All right, let's get into our interview today. All right, Josh Saylor here, partner and co-founder of Blue Zone Wealth Advisors. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Definitely a great time to have you on, especially when we're seeing kind of these swings out there. Of course, everything today was a lot on the bonds and Bank of England hitting the panic button today. The 10-year Treasury yield just hit 4% for the, uh, uh, you know, a few moments there uh, for the first time since 2010. What's going on in bonds? I, I, well, I think today is an interesting move, mostly, as you said, basically because of the decision that the Bank of England had to make today. <clears throat> we don't, and it, it, actually the 10-year came back under four. We think it'll probably retrace its steps here. I mean, we, we've we got a, an interest rate hiking program that's not done yet. And and so we, we do expect to see uh, interest rates continue to move up. And then as, as the panic kind of continues to ensue, as recession fears continue, um, continue their direction that they're in right now, we might see those spreads continue to blow out. I think the next thing to take a look at is is high yield as well. Um, But we are seeing a lot of opportunities starting to present themselves even in investment grade. So the move index is definitely something that we have our eyes on right now. That's basically the volatility of of the bond market. And uh, we're starting to see numbers that we saw earlier this year when people were, were really freaked out. And we think that they're starting to freak out again. Now, how will the dollar react, of course, to uh, a surprise kind of QE outlook here from the Bank of England, you know, in, injecting some liquidity there to keep the pound and give some stabi- stabilization to the pound? How will that affect here the dollar? It's tough to say. I mean, I'm not a currency expert here, but we don't see the the, the momentum that the dollar has right now abating anytime soon. Um, you've, you've got a lot of challenges overseas. I mean, we've, we're focusing our attention mostly on, you know, here domestically, and there are a lot of challenges over there. Um, and so while, while the, you know, we're close to parity here on, um, dollar pound, I mean, the pound compared to other currencies that they do business in, it's not as bad, but it, it's extremely volatile. So, but again, I mean, we don't see any abatement on the dollar on the strength of the dollar that poses a problem for uh, a lot of other countries as well as domestic companies who have a lot of overseas uh, business now we just kind of broke through a new low here how do you feel about equities moving forward uh it's a very good question there's definitely some value starting to show up here um prices are starting to get interesting especially considering that you know you see some of those um growth names that really started to sell off last November. So walking into a 12 year bear market, you start to think, okay, well, maybe these prices are attractive. You can't miss the forest through the trees here. There's some bigger things at work that I think are going to keep those um, valuations low and lower going forward, at least for the short term. You've, You've got interest rates going up. You've got recession fears picking up. Um, you got potentially consumers continuing to spend less. We'll see how, how some of these Amazon days go, because those are a pretty good indicator. Amazon just added another, you know, pre-sale day. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, at the end of the day, we don't think that, uh, the overhang here, i.e. interest rates, um, is, is said and done. We think as, as we continue to see, and again, our eyes on the bond market, as we continue to see this upward trajectory and it's going to continue to provide a lot of pressure on equities, i.e. buying opportunities are coming. Now, how do you feel about one sector that to look for opportunities and one sector that investors should maybe run from right now? Uh, I don't know that I would necessarily provide a sector um, that you should run from we are extraordinarily defensive right now we're holding a lot of cash that's that's the asset class that is our best friend right now i mean we're still net long of course um but 
we are not buying dips at this point in time. And so a sector to look at is growth and tech, but valuations will likely go out the window as things get worse here. Uh, and so it's sort of really the answer depends on your timeline. There's nothing that I would say today that looks extraordinarily attractive because as, as risk managers, the price that we pay for things is how is one of the main ways in which we manage our risk exposure. And right now, prices just aren't where we want them to be. You think about uh, you know historical recession valuations right around 13 to 14 times. We're not there yet. And so we're but we think we're on our way. Around what level do you feel that the CPI really needs to kind of come down or maybe the PCE is more of your focus? Uh, do you feel that it would take to really see kind of the Fed kind of get close to mentioning that word that everyone's starting to talk about, which is pivot? Yeah, I, I, I think they have to get to their dedicated level over two, you know, two and a half, right? That I think they've got to stick to what they said that they're going to do. Otherwise, it lacks credibility. Now you got you got Fed fund futures a year out at four, six, that changed a little bit today, I'm sure. Um, but likely to stay that way. And so that, that provides an interesting dynamic that we haven't seen in the market for a really long time. And um, I do think that they're going to need to get back to their two level uh, in, in order to maintain credibility. Don't know the time in which it's going to take to get there though. Now, your expertise are really kind of more in a long-term sense, right? Investment, Josh. So I would love to hear some thoughts on how you feel uh, investors, especially brand new investors. We got a lot that came in in 2020. What's one tip that you'd maybe give them to really think about, uh, really thinking about in the long run and retirement, what they should be thinking about? That's a really good question. Um, and hard to point to one specific thing. I think if you're a long-term investor, understanding, uh, especially those that are coming in right now, there's a very big discrepancy about what it's like to invest last year in the interest rate program that we had going on then compared to right now. What you're seeing is a market cycle shift. Uh, and one person to read that does a very good job of describing how this works um, is Howard Marks. And so any new investor coming in, pick up his literature because what you're seeing right now play out is, is a change in interest rate cycles. And that often drives valuations. I mean, if you can go and buy a treasury, treasury bond and get 4%, that is going to make anything else look less attractive. And that's exactly what we're seeing play out right now. Um, and because of those changes, and no one knows exactly where the interest rate is gonna go, but because of those changes, you have to see those cycles play out and watch what asset class valuations do across the board, not just in equities, but watch what happens in bonds, watch what happens in real estate, um, because the stock market is not the only place to, to put your capital. Um, but over a long period of time, it does provide historically returns that are um, positive if you can hold long enough and make sure that you're understanding where we sit in the cycle. I think that's a very important point. Um, that's why trading this year does not work like trading last year because we are in a totally different place in the cycle. Definitely. And uh, any thoughts on real estate? I think when mortgage rates go to 6%, values go down. Yeah. And I think you're going to start to see other things like rent increase, um, especially in certain areas. Of course, there are odd markets like Los Angeles that seem insulated from everything, but we'll see how this plays out because I think a lot of people might have picked up some real estate with adjustable rates that might be coming due. And we're going to see how those things turn out for them. Um, but at the end of the day, the real estate market, just like the stock market will work in cycles and values will change. Um, especially what you're seeing right now, people will start to feel less wealthy because interest rates are putting pressure on the value of their home. And um, I think there's going to be some more buying opportunities for people if they're first time home buyers, even though it's now more expensive to own a home from a financing perspective, it might not stay that way. And so I would start taking a look if you're in the market for purchasing a home, I'd start taking a look and at least doing your shopping. Josh, just to take a guess, is that uh, New York City behind you? 
<laughs> that is that's the empire right. so um i was just in new york city and you know one of the things that you can clearly see is a lot of office space right being available do you feel that that's ever going to come back it's new york real estate the answer is yeah it's, all right it's gonna come back i was just there over the weekend visiting some friends too and yeah you, there are some indicators there right like the subways are packed again you yeah. know pe people are out and i i think it's 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 new york it's got a buzz about it people are kind of are coming back from wherever they moved from before now that the pandemic sort of abated um and things are opening up again and so the answer is yes now i don't think it's going to look e exactly like the way that it did um but new york has got a lot of resilience to it and i think it's there's going to be um yeah it is a different dynamic for sure but people people are coming back <laughs> No, it's important. I mean, uh, if New York City can get back to, you know, being busy like it was, of course, it will, we'll look for it to show up elsewhere, right? Uh, I, I consider New York being a very good kind of indicator of the overall consumer strength. And from what I saw and from what it clearly is, seems like you saw, Josh, also, the eye test is telling us something a little bit different than what yep. the numbers are showing. That's right. That's right. Sometimes right. boots on the ground is some of the best indicators that you can have. Definitely. Well, I think I appreciate you coming on and having the conversation about all different types of things from the bond markets to even taking a look into real estate. Appreciate you coming on today, Josh. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. All right. There you guys have it. Our interview for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation. And it's true. I was looking in New York and I think that's a good indicator to watch. And it seems like people aren't slowing down and, uh, just to give a shout out to my man, Zoltan. I know he's a big Starbucks fan and he kept telling me, look at those lines, man. You're telling me you want to bet against that? Well, I can't blame him for that outlook either. When you look at the eye test, things don't look too bad as they may seem. All right, let's take a look into the overall market and see how we're wrapping up the day. It's about 1.56, so we got a couple minutes left here to wrap on up. If you guys have any Thing that you guys want to get into definitely go ahead and drop it into the chat i got one last thing to jump into that i thought was interesting that we can go ahead and dive into uh it's just a topic it's nothing that i mean uh kind of a negative but it's something to keep an eye out like one of the things that i think is important as an investor is always looking at some transparency and that's what i think is always important um, no one's going to get everything right but the most important thing is being transparent about what we're trying to say. Just like I, I will always be transparent when, you know, I, you know, I, I try to tell it how it is. Sometimes I'm going to be right. Sometimes I'm going to be wrong. But a lot of times that I'm wrong, and especially when I'm wrong, I'm going to try my best to go ahead and convey that to you guys. Now, Kramer went hard yesterday. What did he do? He started giving his dirty dozen. And so pretty much this was an outlook, of course, looking negative into the IPOs and taking a look at how IPOs had done, you know, in 2021 versus how they're doing, of course, in 2022, right? Uh, U.S. companies only uh, raised $4.8 through their initial public offerings in the first half of this year compared to $155 billion in 2021 that coming from ey and deal logic but he gave his dirty dozen and the dirty dozen include a couple of names that i thought were interesting it includes upstart gold uh good rx affirm curevac lightspeed asana oatly unity software compass rlx technology too simple and coinbase um now of course some of these, I would clearly state that, you know, hey, maybe Kramer got some of these right and maybe majority he got some right. But there were also comments like this that we got to be careful about. And as investors, we always want to decipher between the noise, emotion and our own opinions. Right. That's why I always try to leave the investment decisions to you guys, because at the end of the day, the only thing I can do is point in a kind of directions, show you what I see and for you guys to make your investment decisions. So the first one that I would call out that Kramer might have gotten wrong was Affirm. Affirm stated here on from a CNBC article, Affirm Holding is the leader in increasingly popular buy now, pay later industry. Kramer said highlighting the company's partnership. He thinks Affirm will continue to disrupt parts of the financial system. 
And now he's hitting them hard, right? Another one that is famous, and I think you guys probably remember this one, would have been the Coinbase Kramer call. Or maybe call to 475. We like Coinbase to 475. Uh, I, I, last time I checked, Coinbase isn't at, at, at 475. We're right now trading at 6560. These are the kind of calls that can get you into trouble, especially if you're going to go ahead and then call these the dirty dozen, right? Well, looks like you were doing your dirty laundry there, Kramer, because didn't get away from it. And uh, looks like you were calling Coinbase to the upside, at least from what we can see here. And another one. Let's do one more, right? Let's do Unity, right? And so uh, one of the plays that Jim Kramer called an unsung metaverse play, Unity Software. Not too late, he said. Well, he thinks otherwise now, but take a look at where Unity is trading at this time. This was in November 22, uh, right near the top of Unity. Uh, Unity actually topped out right on, I think, the 18th. And so this was uh, two or three days after the topping of Unity, and it just came down after that. So you got to be careful with these kind of comments, guys, like always. Um, I'm not going to always get them right, but one thing I will always do is try to be transparent, like one that I can tell you guys right off the back. You guys have probably heard me mention it uh, countless times. One that I got wrong was Genie. Genie was one that I thought was going to be a great stock, and I got it wrong. It's okay. It happens. The main thing is we want to just be transparent about it. And I'll tell you one thing. You probably won't hear me mention Genie as part of my Dirty Dozen, but Hey, I can't blame him for bringing up the, the conversation about the IPOs and the SPACs and how that's kind of related to the dot-com boom. I wanted to go ahead and bring this conversation to you guys so you guys can look around and take a look. How is the noise out there from what's given to you and what's actually the truth? Like always, one thing that I always want to be here at Benzinga is be transparent. Whether you know we get it right, we get it wrong, you guys are going to hear it. And like always, I'm pretty sure that you guys in the chat We'll keep me honest, like always. But we'll see what happens with the Kramer Dirty Dozen. Do any of these turn around? Of course, they could always turn around, like Asana, uh, GoodRx, Upstart, with some of the companies that he might have gotten right. But doesn't mean that they won't ever turn it around. We'll see what happens, especially a company like Coinbase. A lot of people believed in them. He wasn't the only one. And I think this, this is why you always got to – Go ahead and do your own research to determine what your investments are going are going to be. And that's why I do this show, right? At the end of the day, and why Benzinga is here for you guys, is for you guys to not always rely on maybe financial advisors and that kind of outlook. It's for you guys to get the education you guys need to make your own financial decisions. I wish you guys the best. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the day. I'll see you guys a little bit later on at the close at 3.30. You also got Grit Capital coming on next. Uh, that's going to start at, at, at 3 p.m. And they actually are going to have an interview with me, Kevin. If you guys want to check that out, definitely check that out. If not, at 3.30, we will also be starting at the close. You guys want to go into the markets. You're more kind of the trader outlook. Well, I'll see you guys with Joel Alconin uh, at the close. Hit the like on your way out, and we'll see what happens next time right here on Stock Market Movers.